I feel like Will Chamberlain is like Paul Bunyan, this urban legend type yeah. figure that we all have heard of. But no one really knows the true story or can tell you details or show you footage. So it feels so mythical and mystic in that way. And now being on the other side of the project and it's done, I can tell you with supreme confidence, he is the most important figure in the history of basketball. This is Unnecessary Roughness, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, kicking off our number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, and those voices you just heard was Rob Ford, the Goliath co-director. We talked to him earlier in the week talking about the complete story of Wilt Chamberlain, the three-part docu-series that uh, debuts tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And in a matter of minutes, we're expecting to hear from Rachel Nichols, who's going to play a major role in the screening this evening, as she's going to be uh, the narrator. The MC is going to be talking to the folks like Kevin Garnett and many others. Looking forward to being at that event a little bit later on this evening. And uh, Rachel Nichols should be joining us momentarily to talk about it and talk about Summer League, everything that she's been going on and been part of since she's been in town here in Las Vegas. In the meantime, in between time, we do want to go ahead and throw this out there on the don'tbebroke.com text sign, 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, when we don't have a guest, you could always phone in as well at 702-365-9200. It's a little tight squeeze today on the show because we're very active. We're very busy. We've got Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and Radio Nation Radio 920 coming up at 3.30, Paloma Villacana at 4, Jennifer Mercedes at 4.30. But just want to know from you, where do you see the biggest camp competition coming from when the Raiders actually get back out there on the field, which will be July 26th. That'll be the first day of practice. So that's the question that we got from Matt and Little Rock, and I want to make sure to throw that out there and get the feedback from you again. 69187, keyword R&R. Joining us now on the phone lines, as promised, from Showtime Sports, host of the Goliath Screening Panel is Rachel Nichols. And, Rachel, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And you've been in Vegas uh, with Summer League and, and Showtime and covering everything that's been going on for a little while now. What are your thoughts on just what you saw from Summer League and, of course, the the, the guy that had all the headlines, Victor Wembanyama? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been coming to Summer League for years and years. I think this is a great event, really has just grown every year. And with Victor Webanyama making his debut this year, it was a spectacle. Uh, I haven't seen anything like that in Summer League in quite a while. I was there both Friday night and Sunday night when he played. And look, Friday night he looked a little nervous, which of course he's going to be a little nervous with all the attention that's been on him. His shot wasn't falling the way we had expected it to, but he still had five blocks, which told me he was in the game. And then on Sunday night, you saw a real window into what he's going to be able to do. He's got great presence. He's got great moves. He's got a mature head about him. Just needs to work on his conditioning and, and obviously, you know, some strength training, things like that, and learning the game as he goes through this rookie year. But I think we saw a lot of promise and some good things to come. It's going to be very exciting to watch him. You mentioned learning the game. How quickly do you think a guy like Greg Popovich, a Hall of Famer, a guy who just signed a five-year contract extension, can kind of get him up to speed and get him to understand the NBA game? Look, there's no better place for Victor Webanyama to be than with Greg Popovich. And not only with Popovich specifically, because he is so good at this kind of thing. In a market like San Antonio, where there isn't going to be a tabloid New York newspaper headline every day on everything he does, right or wrong, where it's an organization that has patience, it's a fan base that has patience, and a lot of former players still hang around that organization. So uh, Victor, in his short time in San Antonio that he came after the draft, already had dinner with Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili and, and was able to said he learned more about the NBA in those two and a half hours than he had in his entire life. I mean, there's just a lot of support for him there. 
I think it's going to be great. And he expressed over this past weekend how appreciative he is of both the Spurs and Greg Popovich signing on to those five years. By the fifth year, Greg is going to be 79. We'll see if he actually <laughs> goes the full five years. But the idea, he said, that it showed Victor, it showed him that he, everybody around him had confidence in him as a project and, and a commitment to developing him. And I think that trust and faith is going to go a long way. Rachel Nichols from Showtime Sports is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Now, he wasn't the only guy that people wanted to see at Summer League. He was the big name, but Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, the Thompson Twins, Cam Whitmore. Was there any one of those guys or anyone else that may have stood out to you from what you were able to see so far? I mean, for me, you know, it was great to see Scoot when he played. Unfortunately, you know, they had to they had to uh, shut him down for that yeah. anticipated game against Victor. That was a shame. Um, but I love seeing all these young guys. I mean, I think that the thing that – that is so interesting about summer league is the guys you don't expect sometimes come up with these great performances, the highly touted high draft prospects. Sometimes are outshone by a random guy in their team. who's basically on a tryout. Um, And we get to see a lot of coaches too, who don't normally get the spotlight. Uh, You remember a few years ago, Becky Hammond was entrusted to coach the Spurs team. First time a woman has been been put in that position and she won the whole thing. And I think that really led to her visibility, visibility, getting head coaching interviews in the NBA, being able to get the Aces job. Um, and, and I think seeing those opportunities for not just players but coaches is one of the exciting things about Summer League as well. I'm so glad you brought up Becky Hammond. I mean, we're the flagship station for the Aces as well, so we, we're up close and personal with her. What is it about yeah. her that makes her tick and make her go? Because, man, she just to me seems like a winner. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the same thing that made her an elite athlete her whole life. Um, you know, she's an incredibly dogged worker, which is two parts, right? It means that she works really hard, but she's also really determined. And I think you've seen that as she has gone through the various stages of her career, first as a player, then as a coach, going through in an NBA team where, you know, now we have women in, in several areas of NBA franchises we didn't before. She was one of the first. Um, and now taking control of the Aces, which is certainly the glamour elite franchise of the WNBA right now, um, being that face, being visible, having all that media attention, she can handle anything. It's just, just so impressive. She really is. It's a lot of fun to watch her, and of course, it's a lot of fun to watch the Aces. We're talking to Rachel Nichols from Showtime Sports. She's the host of the Goliath screening that's going on this evening. The big show, the complete story of Wilt Chamberlain's three-part docu-series debuts on Friday, and we talked to Rob, the uh, co-director, earlier this week, and he really got me fired up. I can't wait to be there uh, this evening with my son to just check out the screening. He's fired up as a 20-year-old man. He's excited to be seeing and learning about (laughs) Wilt Chamberlain, but Rachel, you've been covering the NBA for for a long time. What does this mean mm-hmm. to you to be a part of a project that's so large in, in, in covering Wilt Chamberlain? Well, look, first of all, it's a very proud moment to be part of the Showtime family. Uh, you know, there are more sports documentaries and basketball documentaries, you know, centering around NBA figures on Showtime than anywhere else these days. And, and that's just really special to feel like you're part of that. Uh, the Goliath, I know, has been project has been something they've been working on for a long time. I am not old enough to have seen Wilt Chamberlain play. I'm just going right. to pop to that. But, um, Me either. You know, Me either. <laughs> right, right. But, but, you know, like your 20-year-old son. But I will say, you know, even now to this day, almost every major big, big-time record that gets broken, Wilt Chamberlain's name is either the guy whose record is getting broken or he's somewhere in that top three or five. And I think so that means that even for fans of the game who are young, who are teenagers, who are in their 30s or 40s, who didn't get to see Wilt play or didn't even, you know, get to see a bunch of footage because of the differences in TV back technology back then, his presence still looms so large over the game. And this documentary is going to really fill in that presence for you and, and, and make you feel like you know this man who is one of the giants, a Goliath, of this game that we all love.
you know, and Rob broke it down so well that, I mean, we're going to find out about him on the court, but so many things about him off the court, even to the point, we, you know, and he, he pointed out, uh, you know, we say the Greek freak, and we say that as a compliment. Wilt was called a freak, and it wasn't a compliment, and he had to deal with that, and that was like a complex that he yep. had to deal with. I mean, how, how, how detailed and how deep did this go, uh, you know, off the court when it comes to Wilt? It's extremely detailed. In fact, the whole first episode is a lot about the personal hurdles and obstacles he had to overcome, and there were so many of them. Second episode starts to get into more of some of the achievements that we're used to seeing alongside his name, but it really gives you just such a deeper understanding of who he is, you know, who, who he was, what, what he had to go through. And again, you know, he's just a name in a record book to so many of us, or a very grainy piece of video, and this humanizes him in a way that is just so compelling. I'm excited for everyone to see it. I am too. I'm very pumped up about that. Again, we're speaking with Rachel Nichols right now on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Kevin Garnett obviously plays a major role. We'll see him this evening, but just about mm-hmm. the voices that, that contributed, you know, Michael Jordan, Nakeem Olajuwon, Pat Riley, Ricky Barry, I mean, Lisa Leslie, all the different greats that talked about him in this piece and what they, it meant to him. I mean, does that kind of give you a, a, even a bigger understanding of what he meant to the game of basketball? Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, it tells you, it, it tells you who has all of those people's respect. I mean, Michael Jordan very, very rarely does media when it's not The Last Dance, which is his own media. Right. But, you know, the fact that he would, he would participate in something like this, the fact that Kevin Garnett wanted to make this project. I mean, you're talking about people that, that really are very choosy about what they put their time into, and they wanted to put their time into this. I think that it's very telling. Was there anything from this that you've been able to see or learn throughout the course of this project that kind of made your eyes open up and you're like, wow, I didn't realize that? Um, you know, I, I think so many things. It's really like too, too many. I mean, it's, it's a four-episode documentary. There's right. so much of it that just really hasn't been, uh, you know, not if it, some of it's never been revealed before. A lot of it just hasn't been collected in one place, and certainly most of it is not something that's common knowledge to basketball fans of today just because this happened a while ago, and, and I just think it's going to be really eye-opening. I do too. I'm, I'm excited. Again, the history of the, the game is always great, and the history of the greats that, uh, that you know, paved mm-hmm. the way for the young guys that are doing it now, the Victor Wimbanyamas, you know, and obviously, you know, the Giannis's and, and everyone else is just it's, it's fascinating to me, so I'm very excited about it. Well, uh, again, Rachel, we, we appreciate you so much. I know that you're going to have a fun time this evening. I'm going to have a fun time being there this evening. I can't wait. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes of your time this afternoon and giving us a little bit of, you know, peek behind the curtain with what's going on with Goliath. Absolutely, and we'll be talking a little bit about Goliath and a bunch of other stuff uh, tomorrow morning as well. Our Show Basketball Live program that's going to run from 10 to 12 on Show Bas- Showtime Basketball's YouTube channel. It'll be me and Paul Pierce. So you after nice. the screening tonight, you can get a little bit of a breakdown with me and Paul Pierce in the morning as well as, of course, you know, Paul likes to talk about so many NBA topics. So we'll, <laughs> we'll be there. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Rachel. We appreciate you. Have a great day, you guys. You too. There she goes, Rachel Nichols, Showtime Sports. Uh, she'll be there at the screening this evening. There'll be a panel uh, led by Kevin Garnett and many others that are going to be speaking with us. And uh, I just really do look forward to it. And going back to the conversation that we had with Rob, the co-director, I mean, just learning so much about uh, Wilt and, and being able to go behind the scenes and learn about not only what he was able to do on the court, how he got into what he was doing on the court, but just, you know, growing up and, and the lifestyle that he, he lived and, you know, even the even the tales that seem like they're just, you know, wise tales or they might even be like I like to call the Bigfoot stories, right? You hear them, but you never see them. So uh, to be able to go behind the scenes, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. The fact that, you know, I get to take little Q, who's going to be a junior, now in college, playing basketball, right? I mean, just to be able to go back and say, hey, look, this is something that obviously you never saw him play. I never saw him play. 
but this is the history. So just, again, the education and the history behind the game of, of basketball. And what I really can appreciate is athletes that, that love to learn about their craft. And, and I say that coming off the heels of LeBron James at the ESPYs last night, and he came out after 20 years and said, hey, look, um, you know, I, I'm not done yet, basically. That's, that's what he, you know, summed it up. He said, when I, when I have to start cheating the game is when I don't want to play anymore. Lucky for you that that's not right now. So obviously LeBron's coming back in year 21. But the one thing I can respect about LeBron, and, and there's many things I respect about him, but the one thing that stands out the most to me is the fact that his knowledge of the game of basketball, the history of the game of basketball, is just ridiculous. I mean, he knows about guys that he never had a chance to see, right? I, I, I used to work with a dude named Zach who, who used to tell me that uh, Bill Russell was his favorite player, and I used to give him a bad time because he's way younger than I am. And he used to always go back and forth and be like, Bill Russell's the greatest basketball player of all time. He's my favorite player. And I'm like, dude, you're like 10 years younger than me, if not more. How in the hell is he your favorite player? Like, you know, Mike's my favorite player. My favorite player just because it's Michael Jordan, right? I mean, and that's just the, the era I grew up in. And, of course, there's other favorites that I had, but – I always said and I always contested, like, dude, he can't be your favorite player if you never saw him play. Like, it's just impossible. Well, I saw highlights. And I was like, yeah, but they're highlights for a reason. And I'm not doubting the greatness of Bill Russell, I know, just like the greatness of Will Chamberlain, I know. But to just learn the history of those players, to learn the history of the game, how it's grown from where it was then when they were dominating to where it is now and how they opened up the door for so many others, I could really appreciate that. And that's the one thing about LeBron. That has always stood out to me. If anytime you actually get a chance to hear him talk about the NBA, he always refers to the guys in the past that did this, that, and the other. And he's just so knowledgeable when it comes to to the game. And and so that's something that I can definitely uh, appreciate. So uh, there goes that. And so uh, many thanks to Rachel Nichols joining us and uh, myself, Lil Q. We'll see her a little bit later on this evening. Have to go up and uh, say what's up. Say what up, though. And, uh, yeah, hey, thanks for joining the radio show a little bit earlier today. We have Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 3.30. But right now, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to my guy. Quick, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Jubal, what it do? What up, Doc? Hey, man, I'm chilling. Look, check it out. I was listening to the pod this morning. I think I tweeted at you. You had me hyped thinking about that competition in that DB room. There you go. When you first, when you said about Marcus Peters, Possibly signing on him being CB1 and us putting Nate Hobbs in a position to have to compete again. Oh boy, <laughs> you feel me? Like that? That fired me up because I want to see those guys put in position to compete. I've enjoyed McDaniel's approach to competition and bringing in guys that you know are let's call it mid-tier, the Spillanes of the world who are going to compete and bring a little bit of juice to the squad. So thinking about that DB room. Even Trayvon is on notice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And your boy, uh, well, I forget his name. I don't know if it's Ivan or who, but, you know, the one that just <laughs> can't get with him, uh, I think that's going to be good for him, man. So I just wanted to call, let you know you're rocking the pod, keep doing your thing. I'm going to holler at you soon, man. All right, appreciate you. That's my guy Quick right there. And, yeah, that's a, uh, the competition is fantastic for everybody. And I don't care who you are, and I don't care what you think. If you have competition behind you, if you have someone breathing down your neck ready to take your spot, you're going you're gonna to perform at a higher level or you're not. One way or the other, right? If you have to compete for everything you got, if you have to earn everything you got, if you have to scratch, claw, bleed, whatever the case may be for whatever you got, you know what's going to do? It's going to make you better. When you're given that position, when you know that there's no competition behind you, they can't replace me. Who are they going to put there, right? I mean, and, and we've seen that. I've seen the Raiders through over uh, the course of years that just didn't have anyone. It's like, oh, there ain't no competition there. 
Like when I start talking about training camp, and we'll be talking to Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 3.30, and we start talking about competition in the training camp, there's legit in my mind going to be real competition. There's going to be some jobs to be had. And I would be willing to bet you some money there's going to be some jobs lost by some guys that don't expect to lose some jobs. Not saying a, a ton of them. Not saying like, oh, man, it's gonna, they're going to turn over the roster during training camp. I'm not saying that. But there'll be a couple, I think, surprises when training camp is all said and done. I think there'll be a couple guys that could potentially steal some jobs. And, I, and that's why I go back to the secondary and say, man, that's, that's, where, that's where a lot of the competition. Quick mention Trayvon Merrick. Trayvon Merrick's my guy. Anyone will, 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 let, will, will tell you this. Anyone listen to this show for whatever time knows that Trayvon Merrick's my guy. Covered him while he was at TCU. Was excited when the Raiders got him in the second round. Thought he was going to be a first-round guy. Played well his rookie year. Took a, took a step back last year. I think this training camp is huge for him. Especially when you got a young, hungry dude like Chris Smith. Two-time national champion from Georgia. He wants to be out there. He's a guy that uh, EJ Snyder from bootlegfootballpodcast.com was very high on. Again, I encourage you to go and listen to that podcast. That was an hour and a half long. I could have kept EJ on the show for two hours and just talked about every every kind of move that I've been making. But, you know, I didn't I, I wouldn't disrespect EJ's time like that. Plus, you know, we have a, a loaded show. But I'm telling you, there's there's dudes that are, are going to be job hunting. Right. I mean, there's guys that, that, that they don't want to be they don't want to be backups. They want to be out there and they want to be competing. They want to be starting. You know, if Marcus Peters is signed and all of a sudden you got one outside spot. OK, so does Nate Hobbs. Is he competing for that outside spot? Is he competing on the inside with uh, Tyler Hall for the slot corner? Where's Ja'Korian Bennett competing for? Where's Brandon Faison competing? What's he competing for? I mean, I, I know he's competing for the outside spot, but who's he competing against? That's why I feel like there's so much competition when it comes to the secondary, but I think there'll be a lot of competition, period, when camp opens up. Got a couple texts that I wanted to get to real quick, 69187, keyword r Again, looking for the biggest camp competition when it opens up. In 13 days at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, Poncho said, he's out the 209. He said, what up, Q? Poncho here. If I'm not mistaken, it was between Diablo and Spillane on wearing the green dot. If so, I believe they both will compete the most to try and win that honor. Also, the competition in the tight end room will be high because I believe Mayer wants to be tight end number one. That's Poncho from the 209 on the don'tbebroke.com text line. And, yeah, it's funny. When you talk about the green dot and Divine Diablo and Robert Spillane, I can't remember who said what. I remember Robert Spillane said he was going to wear the green dot. I remember that uh, Devon Diablo has been said, told that he was going to wear the green dot, or at least they, they mentioned he was going to wear the green dot. He mentioned in a press conference that they trained everybody on the green dot for that exact reason that you just mentioned, Pancho, for competition. They are training everybody to be that guy, but as you mentioned, only, only one guy can be that guy. So who's it going to be? Devon Diablo, who I'm very high on. I really think he has a great opportunity uh, this training camp and this season to really expand on what he did last year, especially now that he's bulked up. I'm really excited by, by him, and I still believe the linebacking room is still the weakest link on the defense. I really do. I, I have faith in Devon Diablo. I'm interested to see what Robert Spillane looks like. I know he can stuff the run. I'm not very confident in him when it comes to, to uh, dropping in coverage. I'm just not. You know, we'll keep it a buck. And if he if he goes out and proves me wrong, then he proves me wrong, and I'll come back and say so. Masterson, I think he looked good at times last year as a rookie, but he was a rookie, undrafted free agent, so he's going to continue to grow. Darian Butler, you know, there's others as well. Uh, Curtis Bolton, he to me is a is a special teams dude, and that's okay. That's his role. But I do feel if somebody can really coach those linebackers up, it'd be Antonio Pierce. 
a guy who's done it at the highest level and has a ring to prove it, <laughs> right? I mean, if somebody can get it done, I would think that Antonio Pierce could do that. So uh, that, that's an area of the team that I'll pay attention to a lot during training camp. And that, that battle for the green dot, as Poncho mentioned, between Spillane and Diablo, that will be a good one. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. How about my brother, man? All day Raider A. He said, what up, Q? The most intriguing competition in camp for me will be the slot receiver. And if the other receivers can make Renfro tradable. Very, very intriguing text right there from All Day Raider A. Because look at this. We want to talk about versatility, then we'll take a break. Devontae, we know he's on the outside, but he could play the slot. Jacoby Myers has done his most work, his best work from the slot. <laughs> Trey Tucker, I don't expect him to get a lot of burn his rookie year, but you know where he plays at? The slot. Hunter Renfro, obviously drafted by the Silver and Black, has done some great things. Third and Renfro, don't want to run him out of town. He's a slot, <laughs> right? So to all day Raider A's credit and point, there's a lot of competition there. There really is. You know, who, who's going to play where? I personally, this is just my gut feeling, I personally believe that Jacoby Myers is going to end up kicking outside and being the number two wide receiver. That's just me, right? The, I just feel like that's what it's going to be. And uh, put Hunter Renfro in the slot, got Devontae on one side, boom, you're good to go. That's just me, though. I'm not Coach McDaniels. I'm not Edgar Bennett. I'm not any of those guys that, that have an idea and plan on with what they want to do. Matter of fact, when we talk to Vinny in a few minutes, we'll ask him about that as well. It's one of the notes, one of the nuggets that we'll ask him. So as much as I've been talking about the secondary in the competition, as Poncho pointed out, there could be competition, big-time competition at the linebacking role for that green dot. Uh, also, Poncho brought up Michael Mayer, competition at the tight end spot. I'll just say this, and I know EJ said that don't expect a lot from Mayer year one. I expect him to be a starter. <laughs> you know, let, let's call it what it is. I expect him to be a starter. He was the guy that was expected to be a first-round pick in many people's minds, and the Raiders got him at the top of the second, and they traded up to go get him. I think he's going to be a starter. Uh, he might not put up big numbers his rookie year. I do think he's going to be a factor in the red zone. But I like what Poncho's saying. And then, of course, as all-day Raider A said, the slot receiver position. So what says you? Where do you see the biggest camp competition coming from as it opens up in 13 days at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center? My man Ari, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. You can hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R, &R, and also – the Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. And a step forward. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. It scores! I can't believe what I just saw. This is unbelievable. I got <laughs> Wow. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. The play that nobody will ever forget was that week 15 against the Patriots at Allegiant Stadium. Jacoby Myers, now a member of the Raiders, <laughs> throws the ball back for whatever reason. His words, not mine. He had no idea. He just did it. Chandler Jones makes the biggest play of his uh, Raider career so far and walks it off. That was something I had never seen before. Didn't know what it was, I looked around the press box. Everyone's looking around at me. They're just jaws open, a little bit of drool coming out their mouth because it was just like, what in the world just happened? I kind of like it, though, <laughs> right? It was just so bizarre. So hopefully, moving forward, Jacoby Myers, now a wide receiver for the Silver and Black, helps the Raiders win games, but not like that, <laughs> right? Uh, let him get into the end zone himself. But, no, I think Jacoby Myers is a really good addition 
to the Raiders wide receiver room. I'm excited about what he brings to the table. A guy the last few years who's been really the number one wide receiver in New England is now has a chance to be a true number two across from Devontae Adams. We'll talk to Vinny Bonsignor in a matter of minutes. We'll go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. We've been talking about training camp battles and where you think the biggest competition will be. Let's talk to our good friend, Mitch in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mitch? How you doing, Q? Good. How are you? Uh, good, good. Just getting up from work, so i got to be careful. I'm driving. got you on speakerphone. Uh, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I want to see Jimmy go down, but he always gives a little bit breaks, right? Uh, I want to see Aiden. I'm not a – no way I, I can't for, uh, for you. I like garbage. Okay. And one more thing, um, you know, the 49ers, I was about to say, they used to, you know, course from the Bay, but uh, it's, quite a, it's, quite a, it's quite a drive now. Um, they're probably going to trade Lance. This guy Purdy's pretty good and um, can't get much for uh, my old my, my old uh, USC guy. Uh, got his name already. Oh, Darnold. Probably a good Darnold. Would they see them trading Lance, recruit some? Oh, your phone's cutting out. Your phone's cutting out. Th- thanks so much, Mitch. I, I understood what you were saying. Uh, your phone started to cut out there at the end. You're talking about if the 49ers would trade Trey Lance. Obviously, they're not going to get anything for Sam Darnold. Um, I don't know. There's been reports of Trey Lance being potentially uh, talked about with the Atlanta Falcons. That's been a couple of rumors and reports that were out there, but nothing that's been just like, oh, there's no doubt that uh, you know they're interested in making a move. I just don't know who Trey Lance is. Everyone talks about trading for him. I don't know who he is. And, and the 49ers don't know who he is. He's been injured his whole career so far, really. And that stinks for him. Plus, he didn't have too much burn when he was in college. So I, I really don't know. I really don't know what, what their plans are with Trey Lance. Brock Purdy looks like the guy right now, but then he was injured. Might want to hold on to Trey Lance for insurance because Sam Darnold, as we know, he ain't it. Uh, as far as uh, Aiden O'Connell, again, we talked to EJ Snyder earlier today from bootlegfootballpodcast.com, and him and his partner, as they broke down the Raiders, they were very high on Aiden O'Connell. Right? They were so high on Aiden O'Connell, they got me intrigued. We just want to see him go out there and compete. The problem is we're going to see him at training camp, so it's not going to be any kind of you know pass rush or anything like that. Uh, we'll see him out there at the practice facility, and then we'll see him in preseason. And he might look great in preseason, but it's preseason. The Raiders went 4-0 and in preseason last year, and they ended up the season 6-11. and So you know that you can't take a whole lot of, away from the preseason games as well. So unfortunately, we really won't know who Aiden O'Connell is or what he has a chance to be until he actually gets live reps consistently. And I don't know about you, Raider Nation, but I don't want to see him get live reps consistently. Not in 2023. That, that's not for me. But, Mitch, thanks so much for that call. We do appreciate you. Again, we throw the question out there. Where do you see the biggest camp competition coming from when things open up in 13 days at Raiders HQ? Join us now on the phone lines from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, VegasNation.com, and, of course, uh, the, the Raider Nation Radio 920's Morning Tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown is Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. First of all, welcome back from vacation, man. How was that for you and the family? Thank you. Uh, it was very good. Got to spend a couple of days in Phoenix, so I didn't get away from the heat. I went into an even hotter uh, <laughs> Arizona, but uh, but got a chance to see my Mets uh, play the Arizona Diamondbacks, so uh, we were happy about that. There you go. Well, a little bit of R&R wherever you go is always a good thing. We're glad you're back. We definitely appreciate you. And as you heard, we're 13 days away from the first practice for the Raiders. So I ask you, man, how much competition? I know we talked about it before, but where do you actually? Where do you see the most competition coming from in training camp when it opens up? A uh, couple places, I think. Right guard, maybe even a little bit of right tackle. Uh, see if Thayer Munford's ready to uh, 
than maybe, uh, uh, you know, uh, push Jermaine and Luminar, and that could push Jermaine and Luminar to, a little bit to his left over at right guard. Uh, also, Alex Barr is trying to hold on to his job at right guard. A guy like Alex Barr is, you know, when I start, uh, when I do my 53 man roster, I could see anything from him starting to him not even being on the, on the roster when it all shakes out, you know, uh, uh, considering who they brought in in free agency and undrafted free agency. So uh, a lot can happen on the offensive line. I also think defensive line, interior defensive line, uh, is going to be really competitive. Um, uh, and then also cornerback. And we're not even, you know, uh, you know, talking yet officially about, you know, Marcus Peters being on the, the roster. He could be before too long. But even without Marcus Peters there, I think cornerback opposite Nate Hobbs uh, and who's going to win that slot quarterback position uh, are, are competitions to really keep an eye on. Yeah, you know, I identify the secondary as the one that's going to be the most competition as well. The defensive line interior, as you mentioned, I can see that being pretty competitive. But I think this is going to be a really good camp for competition. And some guys may lose, you know, jobs that don't expect to lose their jobs. You mentioned Marcus Peters. I want to talk about him real quick. What are your, what's kind of your gut feeling on the chances that they do bring him in either right before camp or as camp gets going? Yeah, that's when it's gonna gonna happen if it does happen. And I know that the uh, you know it, it's something that's certainly on the Raiders' uh, radar. Um, I would not be surprised whatsoever uh, if it did happen. But if it did, it would be right before training camp. So uh, I would say within the next week or so, uh, we'll probably have a pretty good idea of where that's headed. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, one date that we're looking out for is next Monday, July 17th, 1 p.m. Pacific time. That's the deadline for Josh Jacobs to get a contract extension done or else it's going to be the franchise tag for him for a year. Uh, he said that he's not going to show up to training camp, according to Paloma, and she'll join us at 4, but he's not going to come to training camp if he doesn't get a deal done. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do you think something gets done? He's here in town, so that's got to be a good sign at least. Yeah, I still think it's a little bit of a long shot that it happens. Uh, you know, uh, I know Raider Nation wants it. I know Josh wants it. And I know the Raiders want it. Uh, but obviously, you got to uh, uh, come to terms on the right number. And uh, and up until right now, at least, uh, they've been uh, a little bit distant on what that number on what that number is. And and you know, I saw the report about uh, Josh not not coming to training camp. If I'm Josh uh, Jacobs, I'm not coming to training camp. Right. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not stepping foot on a uh, on a field until the payday starts happening. Um, you know, he's got. If he if he does have to play on the franchise tag this year, he's got a lot of reasons uh, to want to protect himself as much as possible until the pay actually starts happening, which is obviously when the season starts. A holdout's not going to do much good in terms of the short term because by rule, uh, if they don't get a deal done by July 17th, there's nothing that the Raiders or Josh can do until next March anyway. So there's, it's not like holding out is going to expedite a new contract. But if I'm him, I'm not putting myself in any kind of harm's way uh, until they start cutting the checks uh, for me. And, and I don't know that it's a, uh, the biggest deal if he isn't at training camp to begin with. Um, you know, I, I, as a running back, I think, I think and he, you know that he keeps himself in shape and he'll be ready to go uh, when the bell rings. And it'll be a great opportunity for some of the younger players uh, to start getting some serious reps during training camp and in the preseason. How do you feel about guys that routinely, though, miss training camp? And I don't, and I know he hasn't routinely missed it, but to me, guys that miss training camp, I always have that fear that they, they may get injured early. Do you have any concern like that when it comes to Josh Jacobs? I covered two straight years of Aaron Donald not stepping foot uh, <laughs> on a practice field through OTAs and training camp. And I want to say the first year he did that, he won Defensive Player of the Year. And the second year, 
uh, he might have been runner-up, or maybe even did win, and I'd have to go check uh, check the notes on that one. Uh, but it, he didn't miss a beat. So I think there's certain guys that um, you know uh, that you probably have confidence in that when when it, when it gets going, they're going to be ready. And it's football; uh, injuries are going to happen um, one way or another. You hope that you avoid them as much as possible. I don't think, um, at least at his position, I don't think that. Um, and knowing knowing how hard he works. I don't think that I, I. I think it could actually be a benefit not not, not being there every day during training camp. That's just me, uh, and especially for a running back, and especially for a running back like like Josh Jacobs. Well, the thing about it, I mean, the good thing I guess is that the training camp is not what it used to be, right? It's not the two a days. It's not all the contact anyway. So as you said, maybe it's just getting them through training camp and getting them ready for. Uh, the, the upcoming season. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. Now, we had EJ Snyder on earlier today from boot, bootlegfootballpodcast.com breaking down all things that happened with the Raiders in the offseason, and he's very high on Aiden O'Connell, the fourth-round pick out of Purdue quarterback. What do you think – how do you think the Raiders feel right now about Aiden O'Connell? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's a reason why they, uh, they, they drafted him, obviously, and, and it was somebody that – um, you know, Dave Ziegler was on uh, early in the process and, and alerted Josh McDaniels to him pretty early in the process. Uh, I think he, he checks off a lot of their boxes. And what we saw in training camp, he had some really good days, or excuse me, uh, in mini camp and OTAs. I thought he had some pretty good days, really good days, mm-hmm. actually, a couple of them, uh, where you're like, okay, um, he's got a little something to, to work with. Uh, so I think they're excited about, you know, where he can take it this year. Because I think, preferably, if something were to happen uh, Jimmy, to Jimmy Grubble, you know, knock on wood, but let's say in week six, you know, he's got to sit out a game. I think, I think by that point, the Raiders would really prefer and really like for Aiden Connell to be ready to be the guy that steps in at that point over a Brian Hoyer. And part of that is predicated on Brian Hoyer, who's going to be the guy that's really teaching along with the assistant coaches and offensive coordinator. Uh, but he's, he's really in charge of helping Aiden get ready to be the next guy. So it's kind of ironic that the backup quarterback is really trying to get quarterback three ready to be quarterback number two if quarterback number one goes down, if that makes any sense. Uh, but I think that's what the Raiders would prefer. If something were to happen to Jimmy G down the line, uh, that Aiden O'Connell uh, would be ready to take over. And I think that there's a path to that. I think he's got enough. He's experienced. He's an older rookie. Uh, he showed you know something to work with in minicamp. What's he going to look like in week six and week five? And would he be ready at that point if Jimmy G were to ever go down? Well, Aiden O'Connell is the fourth-round draft pick from this past draft class. Uh, the Raiders, I thought, had a really good draft class, but we won't know exactly how good they are until we actually see them. When you look at those guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, how many of them do you feel like have an opportunity to get some early playing time? Well, I'll tell you what. I think Tyree Wilson provided you know, his foot is ready to go. Byron Young, uh, Christopher Smith, Jacory, and Bennett. I could see all four of those guys. Um, you know, uh, uh, forging a role early on in the season, and maybe prominent roles at, at that. So uh, I think that there's a there's a there's probably a pretty strong likelihood that you're going to see contributions on the defensive side of the ball by, by by four rookies and the four rookies that I mentioned. Well, what about Tyree Wilson and and his his foot? I mean, is there anything that you're hearing, anything out of HQ that you're hearing about the the health of him if he's going to be ready for the beginning of training camp? Yeah, uh, I have not heard anything, and, and typically that's probably a, a, a good thing. I, I, I you know you start getting to this time of year, and if somebody was you know either took a step back or, or suffered a setback in terms of their recovery, and all of a sudden uh, you know training camp was was uh, not looking good, or at least the starter training camp, 
you tend to hear things uh, by now. Uh, that's not to say that he is for sure, because I don't know that either. Uh, but but I, I think in this case, no news is probably pretty good news. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Patrick Graham, when he took over as the defensive coordinator last year, I remember sitting in the media room and we asked him, what does he need to have his defense going? He said he needs guys. He needs players. He needs really good, talented players. Does Patrick Graham have that now after this past offseason, Vinny? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, I think there's there's more reason for hope in that regard. Um then maybe uh, a lot of us are, are, are giving it credit for because you know I think they did have a good uh, uh, draft. I think Neil Farrell uh, could be in, uh, in position, you know, to create a role for himself. I think Chandler Jones, the Chandler Jones that ended the season, um, if he's going to be the Chandler Jones that started the season, and it, yeah, obviously prior to, to him getting hurt, he was playing his best football at that point for four straight weeks. Uh, then, then maybe he could get off to a better start, um, which they really need him. Uh, to do that, but rookies like Tyree Wilson making an immediate impact. And then I start looking at guys like, um, you know, uh, Trayvon Merrick and Nate Hobbs yeah. and Divine Diablo, those three players in particular who suffered setbacks last year with injuries, um, you know, got a lot thrown their way with a new defensive coordinator from their rookie year to their second year. Uh, so that's a process. Um, if, if they're healthy, uh, going into year two in Patrick Graham's defense, I think they're in a pretty good position. Uh, to maybe reclaim, you know, some of the, in, in, like in Nate's case, get back to where he was as a rookie, and, and same with Trayvon Merrick. If that could happen, to me it changes a lot about this defense because I think you know what you're going to get from other guys, obviously a Max Crosby. If you can get those three players uh, really playing well, then uh, I think that bodes well for the Raiders' uh, defense. And then, of course, um, assuming Nate Hobbs is, is, is good to go and back on track, who's going to start opposite him? Right. Um, is it going to be a Duke Shelley? Is it going to be a Marcus Peters? Is Jacorian Bennett going to going to force his way into that picture? Uh, that's where that competition goes, uh, and that's I'm sure exactly what you were talking about in that secondary because right now we can't. There's not a uh, there's not a surefire certain guy that's going to be that starter opposite Nate Hobbs, but I do think that there's some talent there to work with uh, to create a pretty good scenario for the Raiders. Yeah, I'm excited about the competition at the secondary. I think it's going to be really good. I think training camp's going to matter, and, of course, the preseason is going to matter as well. You know, one guy that we never ask about or talk about too much is Robert Spillane. The Raiders brought him in pretty early from Pittsburgh. He talked about being the green dot. Devon Diablos talked about being the green dot. What do you think the competition looks like in training camp between those two dudes? Yeah, uh, and, and that's interesting. And uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be right now. They're the starters, two of the starters. Uh, you know, with Luke Masterson being probably the third. But I think when you're talking about that green dot, you know, part of the part of uh, having confidence in somebody having the green dot, not only obviously knowing the defense, which I think both of those guys will be able to do, uh, but but who's gonna be out of those two? Um, who's the guy that the Raiders are gonna be uh, able to really and truly rely on to be that line? that linebacker that's on the field on known passing downs. Because we saw last year the way they use a lot of, you know, three safety looks, and obviously they're bringing in extra cornerbacks. There were a lot of times last year where there was just one linebacker on the field. And I think getting a divine Diablo ready to wear that green dot is probably a decent sign that maybe they're kind of looking at him as being that one linebacker because, you know, his pass defense might be a little bit better than Robert Spillane. So I think when, it, when you're talking about the competition between those two guys, uh, it might be which one of those are going to be on the field for three downs. And can Spillane, um, you know, improve his pass defense enough to be able to, 
for the Raiders to have that confidence in him uh, to to do so. So I, I think that's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, uh, a factor to keep an eye on. Uh, out of those three linebackers, who stays out there during passing downs more often than the other guy? And is that going to be Divine Diablo? And is that the reason why uh, they're really starting to maybe prepare him to wear that green dot? Well, I'll tell you what, it all gets started in about 13 days. Hopefully it's not 116 like it's anticipated to be this weekend. <laughs> They're going to have to practice, Vinny, at like 2 in the morning if it's if it's anticipating to be 116 because this weather has been super hot. But it, it'll get here before we know it, man. We'll be both out there uh, doing what we do. So uh, great stuff as always, man. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, uh, just uh, gonna gonna put out the uh, the donors for some uh, some questions. I'm sure a lot of Raider fans have questions about Josh Jacobs. Is he really going to hold out? Are they going to be able to come to terms uh, on a contract? So uh, so putting uh, that together, and you know, when you say before we know it, uh, before we know it, the 49ers will be rolling into town yeah. for a week of practices before the Raiders play them uh, over at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, you know, you you blink your eye, and it's going to be here. And we're talking about games now, not just practices. So. Uh, uh, really pumped up about what we're about ready to uh, to see here in a couple of weeks. There's no doubt about it, man. We'll keep up the great work, man. We definitely appreciate you, and uh, we'll be tuned in tomorrow morning on the morning tailgate. All right. Sounds good. Have a great show, man. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Vinny Bonson, you are right there from the RJ and Radio Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown as well, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You can check out Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Bonsignor. So good stuff from him. Of course, we uh, have the question that we threw out there. You can hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Where do you see the biggest camp competition coming from? Also, if you'd like right now, how about being called number nine? How about 702-365-9200? Call number nine. I'm going to get you registered for four tickets to the Aviators. I'm not going to give you four tickets, but I'm going to get you registered for four tickets to the Aviators. But more importantly, that's going to get you registered to be one step closer to the Lotus Summer of Fun. This week, it's a five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell, plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. We've already had one winner that came directly from this show. Could you be next? Well, the first step is getting registered for those four tickets to the Aviators game. Ari standing by in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, 702-365-9200. Call number nine. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give the game everything on the floor is the day I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. LeBron James is going to run it back for at least the 21st season. As he mentioned on the ESPYs last night, that as long as, he, as long as he can play without cheating the game, he's going to keep on playing. And, well, he can still play without cheating the game. It was kind of cool to see him and his family all there at the ESPYs and seeing how excited they were and his wife Savannah cutting for him on stage and thought everything was really cool from his kids having his back his little daughter having his back I thought it was again really well put together and uh, LeBron James is LeBron James and he's going to keep being one of the most dominant players in the league until he's well until he says I got to hang it up because as he mentioned he can't he doesn't want to cheat the game and you know it's funny a lot of athletes would say that but he's a guy that I actually believe <laughs> and he says I, I'm not gonna I'm gonna play until I can't until I can't go anymore and the minute I start cheating the game is the minute I leave I honestly believe that that's what he'll do he just seems to me as that type of dude. So that was, again, from the ESPYs last night. That was a big event. That was the big to-do event when it comes to sports. Another big event that took place yesterday, 
was Josh Jacobs and his uh, his camp that he had for kids, and it was scheduled to be you know some prior weeks back, but he had uh, some family obligations that he he had to take care of, and he wasn't able to have the camp as scheduled. But uh, came in off a plane yesterday and got off the plane and immediately went straight to the camp and made sure that uh, he was there and present for all the kids to be there. I saw that he signed a lot of autographs. He was doing a lot of instructions, and that kind of stuff really means a lot to him. And, you know, from the short time that I've been here in Las Vegas and I've been able to go to many different camps uh, held by different players, Darren Waller had a hell of a camp that uh, I think about a year ago. Uh, Josh Jacobs has had multiple camps now. Devontae Adams has had a camp most recently. I mean, there's all these different guys are having these camps, and I know Josh really puts a lot of work into that, so you could definitely appreciate that. Coming up Coming up at 4 o'clock, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll actually talk to us about that Josh Jacobs camp, plus what he's talking about as far as training camp and getting that long-term deal done with the deadline coming up on uh, Monday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. If they don't strike a deal by then, well, it's only going to be the franchise tag, $10 million guaranteed or nothing. So Paloma will join us at 4 o'clock. I do want to give a big shout-out to my man Carlos. He got registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game, and more importantly, that gets him one step closer to the Lotus Summer of Fun, the five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell, plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. Real quick, let's go out to the phone lines. Let's go out to L.A., Southern California. Eddie, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's going on there, Q? Just another beautiful day. Hot. Hot yes, sir. Uh, I'm interested in seeing the camp battles on the defensive side of the ball. I think it's been way too long since that side has had an influx of talent, uh, really good talent, not just bodies, uh, trying to see where they, what are they going to do with the rookie? Where are they going to line them up with, uh, with Chandler Jones and, and Mad Max on the other side? You know, this guy's always going to be compared to Jalen Carter. We all know that. So it's, it's interesting to see where they're going to line them up in camp. And then conversely, where does he end up in, in preseason games uh, to, what, to see how Jalen Carter pairs up and vice versa. Uh, but the influx in, in, in talent that we have on the defensive side is the most thing I, I'm, a, I'm very intrigued on. Also want to see what they do with the slot. I mean, they got a bunch of slot receivers going there. What are, 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 are they really out there to compete to see who's the best, meaning is Renfro really out there uh, you know, working out for his job? Is, he, is, is that what's really going on? Or, or are they going to come up with some new packages, things, new wrinkles that we haven't seen? And overall, on the offensive side of things, uh, we're, this team overall is going to go as far as uh, Jimmy G takes us. I think his health is going to be key. I think we're not going to know until the first game of the season and then going forward. And Aiden O'Connell, you were talking about it earlier, he might have a chance. I hope not because that would mean Jimmy G would be healthy all year long. <laughs> right. uh, but we ha- we, it's, it's yet to remain seen. Uh, but, you know, overall, defense is where I'm excited. I'm hoping it comes through. And, you know, same as always, baby, Raider Nation, stay up. Thank you for the call. That's Eddie in L.A. Definitely appreciate you. Good stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Uh, there's going to be a lot of answers, but the answers won't come till the 26th. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.